Hello, Ska friends, Matt Vest here, and I just wanted to jump on ahead of this week's episode to tell you about this week's episode, because this week's episode was actually originally recorded uh, back in January of 2022, and it is a bonus episode that I did with Dave McWayne from Big D and the Kids Table, and we discussed a lot of things. We discussed uh, songwriting touring, making music videos. We spend most of the time breaking down Big D's song, Shining On. And there's so much cool information about this episode. We wanted you to check it out and sort of uh, entice you to sign up for our Patreon because this episode was, until now, was an exclusive episode on our Patreon page uh, Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash ska, and you can sign up for $4 a month. It gets you at least two bonus episodes a month. We actually usually end up averaging three to four, but you'll get at least two. And this type of episode is something that you will get access to where we uh, sit down with a band or an artist and just break down one of their songs. And uh, it's... We hope you will enjoy this episode, and I talked to Dave uh, recently, uh, letting him know that we'd be putting this on the main podcast feed, and Dave wanted me to let you all know that Big D and the Kids Table are going on a UK tour uh, from March 31st to April 9th. Uh, They will be with Catbite, Kill Lincoln, and Call Me Malcolm, and uh, you can check out dates and get tickets at BigDandTheKidsTable.com under the section of shows. They'll have the dates and uh, ticket info that you can get there. So, without any further ado, here is Going Deep with Matt featuring Dave McWayne from Big D and the Kids Table. Welcome, Upbeat Crew. This is another episode of Going Deep with Matt. And this week I am joined by Dave McWayne from Big D and the Kids Table. And uh, how's it going, Dave? Hey, it's going great. It's going well. It's going well. Definitely excited. (laughs) Definitely excited to chat again. Uh, Our conversation with you on the the main podcast was one of my favorites of 2021. Uh, just your, your joy and enthusiasm, uh, is infectious. So, uh, I definitely appreciate it. Um, okay. So I'm just, a a thing just popped into my brain and because I said the word infectious yeah, and I don't Okay. So suburban legends who I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, they had a song called infectious. And Ah. so that made me think. You know, uh, Brian Clem from uh, Suburban Legends used to tour, was a touring guitarist 
with Big D for a little bit. Tell me a story about Brian Clem, because I always feel like I find the most funny, fascinating stories about Mr. Brian Clem. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great human being. But what has been your experience with Mr. Brian Clem? Well, I mean, Brian saved us because, you know, we needed a, a guitar player for a certain certain amount of tours and stuff. And he jumped in and literally Superman the day. But yeah, there is nobody on the earth like Brian Glenn. There is nobody on the earth like <laughs> yes. Brian Glenn. Um, I guess two things uh, I guess I could mention is he, he did one of those things like with, I believe the movie is Summer Rental with John Candy, where um, he ate a huge steak. Brian Clem ate like this this hamburger from this place when we were mm. on tour. I think it was Florida or something. Um, and this hamburger was like the size of a floor tom or a jazz kick drum. Right. Like it was like so big. And I mean the bread was so big. And he finished the whole thing, but he was he was just so like confidently cocky, like he was eating French fries. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> He's like, don't eat the French fries, eat the burger, you know, <laughs> right. uh, but he finished it. And that was, it was just kind of fun being in the John Candy movie uh, for real. And yeah, another thing yeah. is he doesn't lock the bathroom door when he goes to the bathroom. So <laughs> if you're on tour with him, you'll often um, see him. And if you open the door, he'll go, I beat you. <laughs> oh, I love it. My wife, uh, several years ago was learning guitar and he came over and uh, oh. gave her some lessons uh, early on, and um, he is an amazing musician. Uh, my wife wanted him to teach her this one specific song, and he just listened to the song for a few minutes by ear and just knocked it out yeah. and, to teach her yes. what was happening. And I'm like, I was just so easy. And, and uh, plus, he, yeah, like I said, he's an amazing human being, and he's like, I don't know, 8 billion feet tall. And so yeah, <laughs> when he greets you to hug yeah. you, it's like, you're you're like in yeah. his you're in his world, so uh, yes. And he's he's an infectious, positive person. He is you know? very much so, very much so. All right. The only thing I wish for him, the only thing I wish for him, real quick, is that some glam band or hair metal band from the '80s <laughs> needs a guitar player, and he gets his dream, and yeah. he gets like he, you know, he guest guitars in Cinderella for a little while or something. <laughs> exactly that that uh, we'd all love to see that wish come true for Mr. Yeah. Brian Clam because if you. If you know him, if you even listen to his guitar playing, that's kind of like his songwriting yeah. is sort of that that style. Uh, that... Yeah, him and Aaron Barrett have that. A lot of Scott people have a huge connection to the metal scene. And I always say that in all my years of being in the music scene, like Scott fans and early 80s type, mm-hmm. like the early bands. Now, I don't know about new metal fans, but the early metal yeah. fans, they're so similar. They're such similar fans you know yeah. like listeners yeah i mean i think it's just like good. all for each other you know like they want to talk about it like do you like megadeth or do you like metallica do you like the slackers do you like hepcat more you know it's just like it's yeah. just fun conversations no and, you know. yeah all right so that was in a bonus brian clem connection um <laughs> so aside from brian clem stories um, yes. What has been the funniest story to happen? What's the funniest thing to happen to you on tour? What's it? Funny. Funny. Yeah. I didn't want to go to like, I don't know, uh, shocking or I didn't want, you okay. know. Because I have shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a shockingly uh, funny if that. <laughs> uh, it's not shockingly funny. <laughs> um, funny. I'm trying to. Um, I don't know. I think. 
what could be funny is putting my foot in my mouth every time I talk to any one of my heroes, anytime I've ever been at a show and I want to go up to like Tim Armstrong, mm-hmm. yada, yada, you know, I bet if people could hear how dumb I sound and how <laughs> bad I feel when I walk away, they would think it's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, Jeez, I don't know about funny. Um, I mean, every little bitch video is funny. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Actually, that's a- how did that video come to be? How did that be? And sort of like the first time you did it to, you know, how did that progression? Yeah. Why did it? Why do you think it became a thing that you constantly I, did? Yeah, I mean, I'm really pleased to, to have a thing that you can say, I don't know how it became what it is yeah. from what it was. And it, it, it real far back, it uh, it came from going to this bar called Charlie's Kitchen in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It had this jukebox, but like if you put some money into the jukebox, it, it didn't necessarily mean that your song would be on by the time you're done. Right. And you, you know what I mean? Like you might not hear it because a lot of people use it. So I would always go in and put like a couple of dollars in and just play Little Bitch like a million times right. just in the hopes that somehow that's how the... <laughs> That's how it works, which probably doesn't. And uh, and my friend John Hills finally said, dude, uh, why don't you just cover the song? And I went, oh. <laughs> and I was like, right. So we covered the song. And then um, we were going to go play with Suburban Legends mm-hmm. and Mustard Plug in Michigan. And after the show, I, I said to the promoter, like, can we have like 60 beers and cups? Uh, 30 on one side, 30 on the other side. So I just had this idea, you know, of just the one shot, you know, the, just the, the construct of the little bitch video. And we shot it and it was awesome and it was done. But then we went on Warp Tour and the, one of the, the guitar player from MXPX at the time came on our bus to like use the bathroom or get, mm. or get a beer. And somebody in the band was playing the video because uh, we love ourselves. And, uh, <laughs> and so... Uh, he goes, what is this? And, you know, we explained it. He goes, we got to shoot one tomorrow. And so we said, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's a good time and it takes, it's not, doesn't take that long. Sure. And, um, and it leaves you all fired up. And so then um, that warp tour that next day we shot it and other warp tour bands, people saw it. So every single time I went to catering, like a different band <laughs> guy would come up to me and be like, Hey, Hey, you're Dave from, from big D. Hi, I'm, the guitar player from do you think you could shoot another one and i would always be like yeah sure <laughs> so, so people just ask us we don't ask people we've only asked well we, we asked lars um and he said yes and we asked guar but usually mm. they come to us that's interesting you know we don't go like my shooter little bitch video people yeah. will be like people ask us and then we scratch our head and we go yeah, I think we could do that. I think we could do that. <laughs> do you do you always do you try to find a way to make it slightly different, or do you just like, yeah, uh, you know, depending on the thing, yeah. So usually you want to make it different, but like if it's just one of those, you see where you are, you see what you have, you yeah, just, you just go for it. It's like there's this... you know what it is. It's the different people are <laughs> right. different. And yeah, it's and it's just we call it good clean fun, even though some people might not think it's clean, but like watching. One of my favorite things about Warp Tour, and I was just talking to my friend about this, Lisa from Side One Dummy, is I love it when bands of different genres have a great time together. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and oftentimes you're you're more buddy bands with a band like an emo band or a screamo band or a metal band than a ska band for some reason. You know, yeah. um, 
and it's beautiful. And I always think that like fans would kick the dirt and be like, no, boys likes girls cannot be friends with Big D. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If they saw backstage, everyone's just, you know, we're all talking about guitar and drums and bands and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all listen to the same stuff, pretty much. Yeah. Do you do you find that to be true that sort of these genre wars that tend to happen tend to be more with fans than bands themselves? I, I would go as far as to say it's Americans. You know, mm. Americans, Americans, like, even though they don't value not all Americans, alert, mm. alert, not all Americans, like, value art in the artist. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, because other countries, they'll give grants to bands mm. to pay for a, a van rental. You know, they want you um, to do art. You know, it's, we have in the Constitution, we have the development of art and science, but we don't do, yeah, there's not that many grants. Anyway, I digress. But, <laughs> um so with you know um wait shoot i just got off topic because of the uh, canadian thing the <laughs> the the genre wars is it I oh, the genre wars yeah yeah i think americans like to be like they would rather say i don't listen to taylor swift mm-hmm. and i do listen to the misfits so you get that straight buddy you know what i mean <laughs> right. and then they and then they purge them their old self, and they're like, "Now I listen to At the Drive-In strictly, and I don't listen to you know." Right. And, it, and it's and then and then you go and everyone should just relax, like just like music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not like with a pizza, you're like, "I like pepperoni and I don't like mushrooms." You know what I mean? It's like, calm down, don't order mushrooms. You know? Um, yeah. So, so I think. It, 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 uh, I don't know. It's it's just a very interesting thing that we all kind of present ourselves in a way of the music we listen to and the music we don't listen to. Yeah, you know. Um, I'm I, a big who cares. Yeah, you know? yeah. I used to. I'm definitely someone who always sort of. Um, and this may be more to get under certain sometimes people's skin and just to have a thing I don't like. But I kind of oh, sure. tend to poke fun at country music a lot. And it's usually sure. like it's usually not like Johnny Cash, uh, right. you know, or even you know Garth Brooks or something. Uh, it's usually uh, I don't know the Keith Urban's, you know, the more stadium sure. sort of more pop country because sure. sometimes it just seems like a parody of itself. Well, do you know the Bo Burnham? Not not to jump hijack you. I, I do. Like, kn- I do know. Yeah. Do you know that that country song he has? Yes. Pandering. Yeah, I mean, he, he nailed it. He nailed it. Yeah, it's yeah, he nails everything. But. Yeah, he's he's a yeah. super funny guy. So yeah, uh, Netflix special, make happy, Bo Burnham, yeah. uh, pandering. Check it out. It's pretty funny. Blue jeans, <laughs> cold oh, beer. <laughs> he's got the voice down too. Uh, yeah. So great. Um, but I'll I'll jump on board with you. Like you know, I can play both courts and wear different hats. Like meaning, like I do think there's a difference in in the music industry of entertainers and musicians mm, you know what i mean like sure. and like with sports like not sports sport itself sure. i feel like sport um you know it's supposed to be two people or a group of people you know going you know doing sport together to see who's the best right right but then you bring in um, um steroids right mm. and these people are are it are if they use steroids then they're kind of losing the whole point of sport sure who's better right and then you bring in these big company you know the big you know 
huge company, the money, the money sure, that comes yeah. in. And then, and then that kind of takes away, like, do they really want to win or do they just want to get the check? So sport itself is, is really just not what I think it was intended to be. Sure. And like, I don't, and, and like, I always make the joke that if like, if like the Red Sox were everyone in the Red Sox had to be from Massachusetts and if the Yankees had to be from New York, I think that would be awesome. But because of trading and all the big things, mm-hmm. who even knows if it's real, like our politics, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So when it comes to music, I don't, I don't think it's the same thing. You know, like I think there's entertainers sure, and there's people who might want to just sing any song that will get them a fame or a check. Right. Um, and then there's other people who, who know how to write a pop song or I call it sugar knows how to write sugar, but loves writing hot sauce and not everybody likes hot sauce, but you do, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and so I do think that there's, it's weird. It's weird that we're all called the same thing. We're all artists. We're all musicians because we're not, I think there needs to be a name for the, there needs to be just more words not to go on a tangent, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, like the, the word love, right. Sure. There's only one word, but then there's the word puppy love and you know what puppy love is, sure. but there's a lot of other things like jealous love, like evil love or just a plethora of different things. Right. Sure. But if we had more words to describe these things then we would understand the feelings of ourselves or others. And I kind of feel like the same with music, like, Oh, that's an enter- that's a, an entertainment, an entertaining artist. That's a um, real, a real artist, if you will. I don't yeah. know, like a music loving artist. Um, yeah. And so people could maybe value the artist that knows how to write the song and maybe doesn't want to dance. Like, and I, I think of, um, I know gender is a, you know, is a, is a sensitive subject these days, but I'm just strictly talking about um, women, um, like if you recognize as a woman or not, but I'm just talking about in the music industry, what I've seen with women artists. And that's, you know, like I have students and I have a lot of women artists that like I play with and I tour with. And, you know, some of those women don't want to wear a leotard and dance. They just want to play guitar. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just like, what if, what if us, like, what if that was presented to us? Do you know, like, like me, a, a, a guy, like Dave, you could be, you know, wear this, Jacques Cousteau swim trunk and get on stage, you know, like, you know, I mean, it's just the whole thing's fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I think in some sense, as you sort of talk about it, I don't think there's um, necessarily anything wrong with being an entertainer. No, not at all. If you're doing it well, I mean, obviously within any sort of spectrum, there's ethical things and stuff like that. But like, I can't, I can't think of anyone who would fall into this category of someone who maybe not maybe they don't write their own music necessarily or maybe they heavily partner with people um and they just have a good voice and they can dance and you know sing and that's and that's fine like that's like in the same way that you know but uh like movies like you want to watch a marvel marvel movie sometimes sometimes you want to watch three billboards right i mean right exactly so yeah, of course. Um, and then, you know, I think some of the best are the people that do it, uh, do both well, you know, can create yeah. uh, really good art, but also can yep. create really good entertainment, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 
and that ties into our new record, like Do Your Art. Like the reason why it's called Do Your Art is because I've had too many conversations with artists that like hang up their jacket and they're hanging up their jacket because they think they're not good enough. Mm. And you're like, oh man, you are good enough. It's just those people are born from fortunate parents and they're either mm. rich or they're in the industry and they have more money that you're amazing it's a gift you know don't stop playing music because our society doesn't recognize you you know what i mean right so yeah yeah crazy <laughs> all right so yeah we the main reason we sat down today was to take a deep dive into the song uh shining on and nice. uh, we kind of we kind of went in back and forth between picking songs uh yeah. between picking something old or newer or or something mm -hmm. and finally i was just like well i suggested to you like well shining on seems to be number one on spotify and i thought well maybe we take that approach of like it seems to be a well-liked song and so mm. you know uh why don't we give a little bit info to uh, a well-liked song by big d fans the, something people uh obviously they're connecting with the song in some way so maybe yeah. we, we yeah. kind of give the people what they want um, yeah, and, and it's good because some of our other like most popular songs on I I, I saw once um, are songs like with my girlfriends on drugs or not fucking around or girls against drunk bitches and you have to step back and go is it just the title that people <laughs> <laughs> right so shining on to still be number one is great because it doesn't have like a you know free beer title you right. know <laughs> right 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 so what do you think. Why do you think this song connects with people so much? Uh, yeah. Well, kind of like our, kind of what I'm seeing with our new day, our new single, New Day, is um, I think people like hearing the, <laughs> hearing the message. Like <laughs> right. that, you know, even that you have to, like Cat Williams, the, the comedian says, you know, you have to bring out your star player sometimes. Like life might you know, be tough here, there and everywhere, but you have to bring out your star player. You know right. what I mean? Like, and so people get reminded of that, you, you know, and, you know, yeah. I think like almost like comedy, like comedians usually talk about their own personal tragedies and it's therapeutic to the listener. Shining on talks about a comically somewhat like a shit day, which is all, all that stuff is real. Everything in mm. Shining on is real. And I just found the original, um, penciled writing of the lyrics oh I was, cool I was just reading it yeah like a month ago because i guess they're doing like a punk rock hall of fame thing in vegas oh and they freaking asked me for something <laughs> <laughs> um and i was like yes sir let me check the attic sir i'll be right back and so um yeah That's so awesome. i found that and, and and i remember you know like he transports you and so every, yeah i think people just like the fact that someone is saying i know life's hard but chin up you know yeah um i actually kind of i was looking up i just kind of like googled the song first comes up yeah. is the lyrics but then like i found a reddit post where someone was saying ex pretty much exactly what you're saying like they just they really like a positive song and they think that that's kind of what ska does well like yeah. taking sort of a tongue-in-cheek sarcastic approach to saying life sucks and then be going yeah. But there's also good. There's also, I'm outside, sun is shining, good things are happening, even though, yeah, maybe all this other shit is, you know, going down. So, yeah, I, I think that's very much what people are connecting with. 
So let's take a listen to Shining On, and then we'll come back and talk more. All right, here we go. Such a fun song, such yeah. a such a fun like groove, and it's danceable, relatable, um, and just and just the sort of the rhythm in which you sing on that song is uh, so like catchy, and just sets apart from you know other songs and stuff like that. So it's really yeah. just this sort of like almost rapping. There's there's like a right. there's like a flow to it, but right. none of the words rhyme really. Yeah, it's one of, again, it's like one of those things where like we just need more words for things because right. like people will be like, Dave from Big D raps. And I'm like, I don't rap. <laughs> like <laughs> if I was rapping, 
it would sound different. Like, yes, um, it would. Yeah. I yeah. just, I just listened to a lot of like, in, you know, I listened to Jesse Michaels and I listened mm. to a lot of hardcore, like Snapcase and stuff. And they're not melodically, you know, trying to change the world, but they're not rapping. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, so, um, but I know what you mean. If there was, there needs to just be some sort, I'm sure there is some word that I got to find um, that, that, yeah, it, what I like is that it's kind of going boom, snap, boom, snap. There's kind of like a walking pace to it. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And then I'm bouncing all over that boom, snap back right. and forth. And that's, you know, to me, that's almost like represents how my brain is being active while walking somewhere. Like, mm, like yeah. I'm going to go to a buddy's house, going to go to the bar pub or wherever I'm going. You know, I'm going, don't shack, don't shack. But my brain is going, what if we did another record? What if we went on tour in Japan? What if we did? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, right, right. And, uh, you know, even before seeing the music video, I think you're right. I think I remember listening to this song like, yeah, it has this sort of like walking pace mm. and like talking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. sort of like there's they're singing there and there's and it's just, yeah, it's the rhythm in which you're filling in the music. Yeah. You know, landing on the music that makes it sound like you're rapping, but, yeah, yeah. but still but it not. also, I didn't, I haven't thought about this until right now after you said that, but it, in a sense, like a hip hop or a rap, more of a hip hop song, uh, the verses are staccato and talky and rappy, but then, you know, sometimes they'll have like the, the female person sing the chorus or yeah. like, um, Snoop's cousin, I forget his name. Um, but like, what's that guy's name? Um, oh my gosh, I, how, I know. I'm, I'm dying. I'm kicking myself. The '90s version of me yeah, we, is kicking we himself. Both know this? It's not Warren yeah. G. It's, it's Warren. The, well, I was gonna say Warren G. It's Warren G. Is his cousin, but Warren G. Raps. Nate Dog. Nate Dog. Nate Dog. That's it. That's what it is. So yeah. So like, it's that whole kind of like. Na, na, da, ba, da, da, da. Yeah. Like that Eminem song. Mm -hmm. na, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, like, so it gives you, the, and the fact that I hang, I think, on one note for five beats or whatever, like, ba, 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 da, da. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's this kind of like tension and release. Mm -hmm. I think there's a big tension and release from the verse to the chorus. Yeah. And yeah. And like the, um, I don't know what it is, like, that sort of, echoey thing happens on the guitar i don't know if it's oh, yeah, reverb yeah. or something short delay yeah yeah sure. sure okay and where it just sort of and i think that's what you're talking about like it builds and then it sort of releases that and then it comes back in so yeah yeah and it's not like a tension and release of you know let's just run around with genres where it's like you know like you know like like yeah. a mad ball breakdown or something yeah, yeah. but it's it's like the tension of the verses is, is lighthearted and fun. So it's a tension and release, but the tension is never tense. <laughs> right, right. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's a, it's a shallow decline. You know, it's not very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. low drop. Like, don't worry. <laughs> it's like if someone said, can I have some popcorn? You immediately handed them a, a warm bowl of popcorn. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that worked out. Okay. All right. <laughs> I already have it right here. Right. Um, <laughs> So it's always tricky to start this conversation about writing a song. Mm. Um, for this particular song, do you remember what came first, lyrics or music? I think, uh, great. Okay. So 
okay, I can tell you exactly how this one went down. So I only have only done one uh, one drop of lyrics, like didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and that was LAX. Like that was just a subway ride where I was like, God damn it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, uh, and I think I changed one word to be, to be, you know, I think there was like a tweak, but, but it was in the same moment. So it, so no, so it was one drop, right. but, um, but this one was a little different for the first time. I, um, we had the groove, we had the, we had the song, we had like, and I just at practice and at home did this thing that singers can do to take the pressure off of the lyrics. And I just, I guess the term could be scatted. Um, I went like, right. And I'm, I'm a drummer by trade. Like that's my instrument. And right. you know, the whole, this whole singer thing is a fluke. <laughs> um, so that's kind of, I like to play with different rhythms and triplets and 16th notes and, and, and run around, you know, that, I know a singer shouldn't say this, but that's more important and fun for me and a focus for me than the melody like melody you know mm-hmm. i'm not looking to change the world with melodies but i like yako from mel banana i am looking to try to help out the music um path of percussive you know like singers or whatever you want to say vocalists so i did that and then i went back and wrote the words to the gibberish right um and um and and it was easy because all those things really happened you know what i mean yeah. and i think they i think 85 to 90 percent all happened in one day wow um, but but i do believe it was at least the same week you know mm. what i mean um so the song is a, it's a very honest song um like everything happened in that song <laughs> <laughs> which, which is bad and um but then the chorus i have a funny um mom moment with the chorus because i was visiting it was like thanksgiving christmas or something and my mom was downstairs and i was upstairs and i got the and i liked it but you know i don't think there was like voice memo recorders yet and i didn't have one of those like old tape deck recorder things you know i forget the year i think it's 2000 so it's probably 2006 so i just didn't have the stuff i had to remember i had to keep it in my head my mom starts going like, Dave, you know, come down, you know, like that's the meatloaf and like <laughs> wedding crashers, uh, right. Will Ferrell, the meatloaf, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm just like, okay, okay, mom, just, just a second. Uh, just got, I'm, I'm trying not to stop going, dun, 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 dun. and I, I Ghostbusters captured the melody in the Ghostbusters <laughs> trap in my head and didn't lose it. Uh, but I remember, I think it was my most panicked moment of being like, I I think this chorus is really nice and I'm, I'm, I'm just about to forget it. <laughs> so yeah. that's how that all got stitched up. That's awesome. So yeah, it makes sense uh, that you being a drummer, you sort of are more akin to like putting lyrics on top of a rhythm yeah. rather than a straight up melody. That makes a lot of sense now. Cause that's, yeah, listening to your and music. If you want to be, and if you want to be a non, if, if you're like, oh, so he's talking about Eminem stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. I would say more, listen to the band Melt Banana, who's mentioned in the song, and listen to how Yako decides to to stab her her beats per minute, like where, she, where her, her bars, where she decides to stab them. And they are, it's just so original. It's just nobody else 
on the planet does it like she does and yeah. I'm just a fan of it so so in a way it's it's i mean i was doing she didn't get me to do it but i did it that way and then found her and was like oh someone else kind of awesome. you know it was more of those things yeah so do you remember you know so you you kind of had the essential sh- structure of the music of the song and you sat down to write lyrics to fill the sort of scatting you had been doing. Yeah. Do you remember what inspired the first thing you wrote? Do you remember uh, maybe the first line? And, you know, so, sometimes I know artists even write a chorus before they oh, even write totally. a verse. Like, did yeah. how'd that happen? Um, so the, the reason why there's a whistle at the beginning is because I started using um, a DD20 guitar pedal because I saw uh, the singer to Bedouin Sound Clash play it on, like, Warp Tour in 1605. And, and uh, you know, and so I saw him do that and I was like, oh my God, a singer can use a guitar pedal on his vocals. I didn't know you could do that. And then, so then I got the Space Echo, which is kind of like the same kind of pedal, but Space Echo. And um, so if I'm at rehearsal with all the guys, you know, sometimes I want to just, I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to go like, check, 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 you know, to make sure my pedal's working because people are talking. And yeah. so I would sometimes just go like, you know, just kind of, is it, is it working? And so I did that like oftentimes before shine, when we rehearsed shining on, because I have a little delay pedal part in it. And then we were in the studio, um, uh, Joe Gittleman. Um, and I think Sean Rogan, our guitar player at the time said, are you, are you not going to put the whistle in? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, was like, I, you know, I, was like, I was like, absolutely. Because he was just so accustomed. They call it demoitis. Right. He was so accustomed to the demo would have it. So that's why the whistle is there. And um, and then the first one of losing the hat, that one didn't happen on the, the same day. But right. that happened in the same chunk of time because I left it at Pearl Street in uh, Massachusetts, this club. Um, and yeah, it's just gutted. Yeah. So that was, it was like the number one front burner sad thing going on and currently at the time in my life that I lost my hat. So <laughs> I had to, I had to talk about it. So, so you like the first line you sat down to write was about the hat or like, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it was just to be therapeutic. Right. Like I was just like, I freaking lost my hat and I'm upset because <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> it's pretty Very straightforward. Um, but the wine breaking outside the, the liquor store, Boston Liquors down in Alston, not Blanchard's. I'm sorry, guys. Um, oh, wait, no, that's wrong. I'm thinking about the wrong thing. It, the, the wine falling at Blanchard's was correct, but the, this box I had once going out, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But um, so the wine thing happened at Blanchard's and it went through the bag. And I remember being really bummed out and it was during a time that like I would take all the cans from this house that I was crashing at and gather up all the cans and go to Blanchard's and get the redemptions mm-hmm. and I'd pretty much get like a sandwich and you know maybe like a bottle of wine or some beer and uh and so I had I'd earned my money for this wine and I walked outside Blanchard's and the bag ripped and it smashed and I remember looking at, looking at it because like the bottom part still had wine in it. And I remember considering being like, "Can't I just drink that, like right now?" <laughs> and then being like, "No, shards, really small shards of glass." And, then, and that for me, people who know me, that's very not because of alcohol, but because of the waste. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. you earn the money. You no, know? <laughs> right. Um, I'm the kind of guy that would like 
keep gluing something that he likes until it's you know like the christmas story leg and it's right. like you can't do it but um <laughs> so so i went back into blanchard's and i was like the bag broke can i have another? like i didn't know if it was like ice cream cones like you get another ice cream cone right and then they go where did the bag break and i said right there and it was like a step off of their property and they're like nope and i was just like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> It's so yeah. funny the way the people will cut a line to say, no, we'll replace it if you were just a foot back, yeah. but this yeah. far, nope. <laughs> and of course, I'm not buying some expensive <laughs> bottle of wine. It's probably the cheapest they have. Yeah. 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 Um, so you had kind of mentioned that there'd only been like one other time where you pretty much sat down and wrote everything without ever making changes. Um, So is there any story that you kind of, or line that you remember that for this song that you changed or scrubbed or took out because you just, yeah, there was a a censoring of the song. Yes. There was, there was an interesting censoring, which I'm not going to say what it originally was. So that's kind of disappointing, but, uh, (laughs) uh, um, my friend's girlfriend uh, said I robbed her party, but I never had. Oh, okay. It, it wasn't necessarily robbing her party, but she was like, and it's, and it's not like headlines. When I'm when I'm being cryptic and vague, it's not these 2021, 2022 crazy headlines. Right. She just said something that I had done that I hadn't done. And I was like, I didn't do that. Why is this girl saying this? Thing? Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, like, you got a good imagination, kid, but... Shit um you know because right. i didn't do it i didn't it was basically just defamation um and so i remember joe gittleman being like why don't you not get into detail <laughs> yeah maybe uh save that for yourself <laughs> yeah yeah but save it for a facebook rant <laughs> exactly yeah no i, I get that was anything else other than that uh the uh, um i remember being really psyched when i got to the bridge and you know you have to understand not you you have to understand <laughs> um, you have to understand you know dan stockman is soloing in the bridge wow 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 so i did kind of want to say born to just never care but I, you know you don't want to step on a solo so i remember i just kind of remember being like happy that i could sing in the bridge happy that i wrote the little part happy that it's not stepping on the solo you know, because like when you're writing lyrics, you're like, okay, I got the verses, got the chorus. Ah, oh, shit, I got to do a bridge. All right, what am I going to do in the bridge? And so I remember just having this moment of being like, I feel accomplished with the song. I feel like I could walk away. But what about the bridge? You know what I mean? And uh, so I just, you know, kind of boring, but I just remember being happy how the bridge came out. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, what do you do um, when you have writer's block? When you kind of... Oh, sure. You kind of you're, you know, in album mode. You're you're trying to write, trying to finish. Yeah. You know, do you have any sort of, um, I don't know, tricks, anything to sort of uh, spark creative juices or, or anything to get your brain going? Absolutely. So, a couple of things with that. One is I heard that the word genius was used. There was just some something about like the g ge- the genius almost like the genie is mm-hmm. visiting you right and if you aren't creative at that time then the artist is allowed to not beat themselves up because the genie the genius is visiting someone else and you mm. have to be open to the fact that everyone gets creativity create you know and 
and then people started calling people the genius or anyway i heard this once hmm. like that that's that's just random but what i usually do is i i you, you do want to try and sit and have that nice calm moment where it's perfect and you know you're not giving yourself pressure you know what i mean and a really good song can give me a little pressure like you're like ah shit this song is like so good i have to like really do a good job here you know what i mean like so that can be a little intimidating so you try to keep it not intimidating but if it's not there if it's not happening then i just i do other work which is really important like clean up the folders of my lyrics go like i'll do the grunt work mm. you know what yeah. i mean and, and and when you do the grunt work you can put indiana jones in the background you know movie going and just so you're still helping your future self you're still organizing cleaning making it so when you go to your computer, you don't spend 20 minutes just organizing the stuff that you want to work on. And now, you know, now your brain's not in artist mode. So I, I do grunt work. So artists, creative artist Dave can have a nice sit. Okay. Sure, it's all sure. I present. And, and, and I believe in that, like, let's say you go out drinking, right. You know, you could set up a really nice Gatorade and some hot pockets in the, in the toaster oven. So when you come home, you're like, Oh, I'm awesome <laughs> to myself. So it's that kind of thing. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I, you know, yeah. I, I just try to set, set, be, I try to be nice to myself and set it up. But then I still do the other thing where I, I'll push myself. So let's say you're not being creative and it's not working. I don't go, oh, okay, well, it didn't work. I'll go, no, come on, keep going because, you know, keep, find it. Because with lyric writing, sometimes if you spend a, a huge amount of time and only change one or three words, if those words are the, ones it's still worth it yeah so it's like um so yeah so i try I, I always try to make progress every day and i try to tell most artists musicians often have like waitering jobs like i you know do did did and bartending <laughs> jobs and sometimes like you'll find yourself working harder for someone else than you would work for yourself. You push yourself, like if you're in the weeds, as they call it, you know, mm -hmm. like when it's really busy at a restaurant, Sure, you'll push yourself. You'll be like, but, but then sometimes people don't push themselves for the future of like, for their art or for the future of their life. Like when you get home from waitering or bartending, sometimes you gotta put another cup of uh, pot of coffee on and put the same amount of effort into you. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? You can't just be the best you for other people. So I try to be the best me for me. And because I look at me playing music as, as fighting for my life. Like I'm fighting society to try and play music during my life. And it's hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I don't back down from trying my best to keep being creative in a country or a world or a time or a society where only fortunate people really get the extra time put aside. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So yeah, sorry, that was long winded. <laughs> and the rockets red flare. Um, so when you go into the studio, you kind of, you had your words written, you had the yeah. overall st structure of the song mapped out. Was there anything that changed about the song, uh, whether lyrically or musically in the studio? Uh, you kind of mentioned the lyric change, but was there any musical change while you were recording? And, you know, you mentioned the adding of the whistle or, you know, well, keeping the whistle, yeah. I guess, from the demo version. But uh, 
Was there anything else that sort of changed when it came to recording? I, I usually like in everything at Big D, like I'm, I'm up for suggestions as far as like vocals and stuff, but I don't really sing. I don't, I, I write all my stuff. Right. I'm not interested in, I'm just not interested in being, like I said, I'm a drummer, so I don't want to sing somebody else's part because that doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Mm, like I'm right. trying to, this is my fun go at this whole thing. You know what I mean? Right. But um, when Joe Gittleman, the producer, bass player, of the Mighty Mighty Boston's came on board for Strictly Rude, you know, I'm kind of one of those like heavy, heavy metal wildcats. They're like, I don't, want to take you know like and originally i was singing shining on a a a much much a a bit more or much more uh aggressively Hmm. you know i'm sitting on the right inside like i was i was just a little bit more aggressively and uh he suggested to pull it back and i remember being like like why would you do that you know what I mean? Like, like I didn't say that. I just thought that. I was right. like, why would you? I'm kicking ass right now. You know? <laughs> um, you know, I was happy with what I came up with. He told me to pull it back a little, and, and he was right. Yeah. When was that? When was that moment where that click? Sort of listening to the final product. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah just getting used to it. I mean, uh, yeah. people know demoitis. Getting over the demoitis. Right. You hear demos of songs so much like someone literally could drop their amp or, or a beer bottle in a demo and later you're like like are we not gonna have that final thing <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> right? you've listened to it so much yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was kind of like early, pre-pro as they say during pre-pro which which is like we, we've only done pre-pro for um strictly rude and fluent stroll with joe because joe does pre-pro and and that's basically like practice every day for two weeks before the studio. Then take a week off maybe or so before the studio. You practice every day, mm. um, and you take it. You take it. You know, put your all into it. So something like that is that to just super familiarize yourself with the songs as you're going to you know not waste time in the studio. It's just say so you're kind of already have it down, or is it like? also i think it's more more the the producer is is physically there Mm. so you have to do it every day because he's he's taking a flight staying you know what i mean like yeah it's double it's double sessions for sports people (laughs) um so we kind of talked a lot about the lyrics and the overall meaning of the song um but i did kind of want to uh i did have a question about yeah the lyrics um it, it, overall sort of like so the song um you know is this sort of crappy things happen but i'm still gonna have a positive atti- attitude and be excited for life yeah. and in the chorus you sang born just to never care so i kind of was listening to the song actually yeah, earlier totally. this morning yeah. and i kind of was like you know how do you you dave yeah um you know kind of balance that sort of like i want to keep a positive attitude and not really get bogged down in some of these things but then also take care of important things like this idea of like never i was never caring like where is that line or, or or border of like sure figuring out what's important and what do i just push out 
Okay, so that's a great question. That's a very great question. And I too have noticed on that song that the bridge, that lyric in the bridge is somewhat of a different dimension of everything else encompassing. So I, I know what you're talking about. So, you know, they say that there's three levels of conversation. The lowest level of conversation is talking shit. And just so everyone knows, there's a difference between venting and talking shit. Venting is like, yo, Brian will not do his dishes and I do not know what to do anymore. Talking shit, but, but, but I love Brian and I don't want you to think I don't love Brian. But talking shit is like, I want you to walk away hating Brian. You know right. what I mean? So sure. there's a difference. So, so, you know, talking shit is like the lowest form of conversation. It's like, I have nothing to offer you. So I'm going to talk about someone else and hopefully we'll find common ground. Right. Mm -hmm. um, second level of conversation is just repeating stuff. Like I read in the Washington Post, I read the New York Times, I saw on Family Guy. Have you seen Letterkenny? Um, you know what I mean? Those mm -hmm. kind of things, you know, right. just sure. repeating stuff. And it's, and it's fine. Third level of conversation is more like, how's your mom? You want to build a rocket ship? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. Right. doing caring, empathy and, and creating. Sure. So I've always looked down at, I, I've always looked down at gossipers and I did have cancer at one point uh, and I don't anymore. Hey, but even after that, I look way more down on people. Mm. Like not like it's just internal. I'm just like, dude, every time this person talks, he's put he's putting someone down. Like I the messenger, that that person, right? Right. Um, so that's what I mean. Like, I don't care about the things they're that they bring to the table. But my mantras in life are these two things. And they're and they've been with me since I was very little. So I'm a Gen X kid, and there was a lot of wars before um uh, before my generation right and when gulf war was was starting to kick up my mom was really my mom was like a 60s you know activist and um she was a little worried that the draft would come back and i'd go to war so we, right. so during middle school we were kind of just kind of like watching things and and stuff so since then i have always had a good attitude because i'm not holding my stomach together in a muddy country wishing i was with my mom you know mm -hmm. what i mean and yeah. so many young guys have lived that life throughout the history of human, humankind. So the fact that I never had to go to war is, I mean, I'm okay. I'm fine with everything else after that. You know what I mean? It's right. to a degree. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and, and then jumping off that, um, you know, when, when, you know, being, there's a, I'm not talking about anxiety and clinical to like, real physical uh depression sure. but there's a lot of fucking moaners out there moaning and moaning and moaning and i don't i don't pick up on that because the real tragedies of your life the real ones the big ones mm -hmm. they're packed up on a train and they're coming to you and there's nothing gonna stop it there's no stopping it so you might as well try and appreciate the time you have now before it shows up to your stop Sure. You know what I mean? Like the day, you know, everybody loves their dog. Everybody loves their cat. I, I'm not going to say family members and stuff like that. That is the point. So appreciate your dog before that it gets hit. Because you know what I mean? And yeah, buy yeah, a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm just very far from moaning about things. Like people who moan about their burrito or people who moan about the Cosmo drink they got. It's just like, <laughs> shut the fuck. Right. <laughs> so you so you you'll you'll be sad about maybe a uh, a family member passing away, but uh, that bad or the burrito. Country, January sixth, January sixth right. makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. Or but the burrito that you got that wasn't quite made right, you'd be like, 
Uh, still get to eat food, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, just because, like, not to belabor the point, but like, picture being one of those people who went to war who didn't want to go to war, yeah, and dying, and then he, hearing this schmucky schmuck schmuckerson, they're like, <laughs> "There's too much mer on my mer." It's like, dude, I'm trying to put my guts back in my stomach. You freaking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so it's not so much like never care about anything it's like never care about the types of stuff in the song right so yeah, uh, more specifically nmas uh negative mental attitude people like, right it's like you got it you know there's a lot of those silly like not silly but those those like you know those little mantras that people read like get the people out of your life to make your life smell like crap you know like those yeah. things you know like i don't know they're like sold at target and stuff yeah like yeah it's that it's that attitude of um i mean everyone listening must remember a job or a bad friend or a bad person that you that you stopped working at or you stopped seeing and then you kind of went like this oh my god it's so great not to have this person in my life you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. or not to be working at this job. You know, it's yeah. like this cold, cold meaning like refreshing breath of fresh air. Um, and yeah, you just got to just got to yeah. away from yeah. it. Which is, which when it comes to like people, that's, that's always been hard for me because like. Everybody moans. Um, well, yeah, to a certain extent. But no, what <laughs> I mean is like, I'm a f- very, I try to be very understanding and very sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, but there are times where I've been around people that are complaining about things that are like, mm, how should we say mostly their fault? Um, no, sure. <laughs> and you're kind of just like, look, I get it. It kind of sucks that you lost your job, but maybe you show up on time and that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and you're kind like, of like, a lot of people are trying to like bandage the thing that you're saying, like they did wrong. Like, I didn't do this wrong, right? Right? If I keep saying I didn't do it wrong, then I didn't do it wrong, right? 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 Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, like, but I'm also a very understanding person that I, I, you know, you can't force people to change their their complete mentality and stuff like that. But I so want to. Like, there's a, but then I've also, also over time, like, I've realized that that's sometimes a detriment to me and my time and energy and stuff like that. So, like, that's something I've had to come to term with. That, yeah. like, caring about, you know, what am I putting my time and energy into? Mm-hmm. Will this yield, like, will this help them? Will my time and energy sort of, like, lift them up? Will mm-hmm. will time with them maybe make their them feel better? But if time with them just, like, pulls me down with them, then maybe it's yeah. not the wisest decision for Absolutely. me to... I also not to go back to restaurants, but I, I look at that with kind of what you're saying as like, let's say you're the cook at the restaurant and Karen sends her mm-hmm. burger back mm-hmm. saying it's made poorly and you go, oh shit, like, okay, you know, maybe I didn't make this burger as good. I'll make her another one. But if she's a regular and she does it every, and it can be a boy, I'm not, I'm just Karen is like the name that sure. people are using these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Karen does it every day or once a week, then you realize it has nothing to do with you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's so for empathetic people like you, and I'm definitely an empathetic person, some of those vacuum cleaners of good of, of good life experiences need to you just you have to realize it's not you. And they and they can scream and light fires and be like, It's you. This burger is made horribly. And you're like 
I think it's coming from her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, it, like and they may not be wrong because like a, like a child, like a child is like, they do think it's a terrible burger. You know what right, I mean? Some people right. are, are, you know, they do think that emotional level is proper for the, for the yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, I've definitely had to struggle with like, and I, I definitely am not the type of person to like absolutely close people off at this point, like push them right, out. Right. Like that's not yeah, my style unless they're like really yeah. problematic, but I'm not yeah. really like push the pushing people out, but I de- maybe I don't reach out as much. Maybe I don't right. strive to con- connect as much. My, my current, I think problem is not that you're asking is <laughs> uh, like in my twenties, I might, I might've pushed back. You know what I mean? Like, don't push me, I'll push you back. Right. But after cancer and kind of just getting older, I don't I don't even want to push back. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'll just observe m- malfunctioning humans, do my best, know I can't change them, try instinctually because I can't stop. Like, not change them, but be like, why would they be saying this? And they're saying it because they have some sophomoric, like, opportunistic subdiffuge to get you you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like yeah and, and that's working out like check this out my life changed when i heard a girl did this i didn't know people were at this level you know you know, ever like ever <laughs> have that moment in life you're like oh i didn't know people were doing this oh you're like oh i didn't know people were this shitty <laughs> right yeah, yeah right. <laughs> sure like mm-hmm. i didn't know sex trafficking exi- when i learned sex <laughs> trafficking existed i was like oh i did not know that yeah existed. yeah exa- yeah i get it yep but um, so this this person, which the uh, so I took her boyfriend's a friend of mine's cell phone, mm-hmm. right? Text her terrible things on it, like, but really bad things. Wow! And then erased them from the phone, right? Mm-hmm. But then took her phone, which had arrived, and showed all these people these horrible things, really horrible things. Too. Wow. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, that's that's like I a, that's, that's like... way. So, like you're saying, like us, we can't show up and be positive and empathetic and be like, "Hey, man," you know, because they're at a level that's like, <laughs> "Oh, I don't." <laughs> you now, my brain has now exploded because I yeah. don't know what to. Do. I don't know where to yeah. put you. <laughs> yeah, why don't you? Why don't you just go watch your favorite movie instead of doing that? <laughs> why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I okay. So this reminds me of a, this great. So uh, I wish he'd do more stand up, but you know the actor Donald Glover, um, oh. he uh, Childish Gambino. Do you know that rapper? Oh, yeah. I mean, wait, wait. Glover from Lethal Weapon? No, that's Danny Glover. That's Danny Glover. His son, Donald Glover. Is oh. child childish Gambino. He okay. He yep, also yep, yep, he, right yeah. So he has this stand up special from like I want to say it was like 2015 or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's on Netflix. But he he talks um being raised by his parents. His parents were like foster parents, and so they had like kids different different kids in and out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about like he's like, you know, he's like he's like growing up. I really he's kind of talking to me about want not wanting to have kids, but then he's like, you know why? Because I saw uh, my parents were foster parents and I saw kids come through the house and like yeah, kids are just, you know, that thing that we all have like, uh, you know, empathy and sympathy for people that makes us functional adults. Well, little kids 
don't have this. Yeah. And uh, they're just tiny, tiny, tiny Hitlers. That's all they are. Yeah. And so and he's like, he tells this story about like, he's like, I one time I was walking home with, with food, food from the store. And I was walking by this public basketball court and these two kids, they were fighting over the ball. They're fighting over the ball, pulling it back and forth. And then uh, one kid finally pulls it away. And the one that is no longer holding the ball says... To, says to the other kid and that's why your mom's in a wheelchair uh. and like he's like what what people can just say that and you know some yeah. other group of people don't come out and go i'm sorry you can't say that you're a tiny tiny hitler and take you away yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just... i totally hear what you're saying yeah <laughs> it's like it's a very funny bit you should check it out but like well i'm a big huge fan of stand-up yeah during during the once the lockdown and covid came mm-hmm I mainlined comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like joy. Let's find something, something yeah. to laugh at. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, there's always that category of person like, wow, uh, you're a special kind of. I just know that <laughs> yeah. I've got nothing for you. I've got nothing. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I tend to like definitely stay away from. I tend to read those people, uh, from far away like just i like i have a good strong bs meter just uh just like nah no oh yeah (laughs) and usually i feel it before i can you know quantify it like explain what i don't like about them but usually it comes out and like oh you just you just use the f word for gay people um uh, that's it that's (laughs) what i found it yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. But you, the way I kind of people might not look at it like this, but you know when you're like young and you only have a couple friends, but they're like your best friends, and then mm-hmm. you might get like older and you have like in your 20s, sometimes you have like a group of friends, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm at that part of the stage where I still have a group of friends because I'm a touring musician, but sure. Um, but uh, you know, I like that whole small group of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I like that. You know, so in my life currently, it's kind of gone full circle to your your main crew, and then oh my god, check out this world, check out all these great people. But now where I'm at is like I just want the real good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, well, I appreciate you hanging out with me this day. Yeah. We definitely uh, got a lot covered. Yeah, <laughs> we did cover a lot. <laughs> uh, good times. But before we head out. Um, yeah. What might 2022 hold for Big D? Might there be some shows yeah. in the near future? Anything you can talk about? Yeah, we um, we should be announcing. Um, great question. We should be announcing our tour dates. Woo-hoo. Uh, coming uh, like any day now. Any okay. Day now. And we just submitted for um, to support um, a band that's going on tour that all your listeners know. And we're crossing our fingers that we get it. Sweet. And then our good friends, the Planet Smashers. I was just emailing yesterday and today before we talked to Matt from the Smashers of like, I mean, I just love Canada so much and I miss it. And I know that Canada is a lockdown, but we're, we're planning some stuff, the Smashers and us. Uh, we're trying. You know, it's like when you're a touring band, you, you literally, I just messaged Matt and I was like, we have to play shows because I miss all you guys. Right. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah yeah <laughs> like, like can we play somewhere so we can all hang out <laughs> you know? yeah and i had kind of like the same conversation with dave plug and colin from us to plug you know a lot of us touring musicians this is 
this is not okay. We usually yeah. get to see each other yeah. once a year. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm. I I can imagine it's really tough to, especially yeah. especially when you you created a really great album and do your art, then you just want to play it live. You know. Yeah. And we played that one show um, in Boston, and I think people knew the lyrics to our new songs louder than any record ever to date for Big D, and louder than any of the other songs we played that night. It was yeah. a shock. It yeah. was like, ah, you guys know this. Yeah. That... <laughs> That album just I keep finding so much joy in in listening to it a lot. It's been uh, on repeat in this house and in my car, and uh, it's definitely it's definitely gonna be a classic. I I love it. Thanks. I mean, it was definitely created to allow listeners to have like a buddy. Like it, you know, it goes in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. You know? Like. Just to have a journey, you know. People keep saying the re- the album is dead, and those are just people just talking. You know what I mean? Album's not dead because if you listen to our record, all the different songs are great. Yeah, <laughs> but it's an album. I think it's supposed to go in a certain direction. And yes, yeah, I like I, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I I sort of understand not so much that the album is dead, but I think it's because um as musicians now there's so much sort of you have to create so much continuous content to sort of like put yourself out there and yeah i know you know yeah so it's so much but i uh i definitely prefer listening to an album front to back you know i probably spend more time doing that than I do like I eat, you know, I have Spotify playlists and sort of yeah. genre specific and then sort of my everything playlist. Um, so I probably spend more time though, listening to straight albums just cause you know, I get, yeah. in, I get in a mood. So, you know what yeah. I mean? Like something just clicks yeah. and you're like, I'm going to listen to this entire oh. thing. <laughs> well, it's like binge, binge watching. <laughs> right. It's I mean? exact same and, thing. <laughs> and I love, uh, how about that golden moment where you're driving somewhere and you park your car and the album ended? yes yes like it that is always <laughs> so good or, or <laughs> you're I, like i i love the moments when i'm like the it's almost over but i'm closer to home i won't be able to finish let me take a ride around the block yeah <laughs> to get go to, slower yeah, yeah. Or you sit in the car and kind of clean it a bit yeah, yeah I like understand. oh i gotta <laughs> i gotta do this i gotta take out the trash or you know yeah. <laughs> the car but yeah. yeah i mean that's exactly what i'm doing these days well, Dave, I appreciate you hanging out, and I appreciate all that you've uh, done for us on this podcast and uh, letting us chat with you and, uh, you know, sort of sharing the podcast and stuff like that. We definitely appreciate it. And um, hopefully hopefully some of those tours, you know, one of those tours will make its way to Southern California maybe this yeah. summer or something. Yeah. That'd be a good time. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you dave um thank you. we uh uh listeners thanks for listening and uh and thank you for por- supporting our patreon and until next time keep listening to ska have you heard about the secret society for the ska enthusiasts like you and me they're high they're low on the upbeat and in the know for those who search checkerboard through and through we want to welcome you to the Upbeat Crew!